to First Time Films. This time presenting, it's me, AJ, as today we've got a very special episode of the podcast today because we're going to be reviewing, after watching for the first time, David's film, 10 Reasons Not to Make a Movie. So today I'm joined by Scott McLeod. Hi, Scott. Hi, AJ. How are you? I'm good. And we're just going to chat a little bit about David's film because it's coming out on Amazon Prime of all places um, very, very soon. So we thought we'd come on and give our first impressions because there was a screening of it when it was first finished, but I couldn't make it. So I've actually also just watched it for the first time. So um, Scott, give us your, your first thoughts on the film. Well, it felt like the first thing, because I, I remember I was at the screen, but I can barely remember things that happened last week, well, like when a year ago, so yeah. I was myself of some things from this this film, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, me and David did a podcast recently on a show I host, uh, talking about the film and the process of it, and I was telling about some of the scenes I really enjoyed, and then getting to see those scenes back again, uh, without getting too spoilery, I still laughed the same as I did then, so... I really appreciate just how, how funny this film is. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think the thing that makes it so funny for me especially is because I know all the people in it and also helped to make it. But also I think coming from an outside perspective, I was watching it with my partner, Heather, and she obviously does know the people in it but didn't know anything about the film, didn't know what to expect. And it's got so many layers because obviously... When it was first getting made, it was meant to be a film about people making a film, and now it's a film about people making a film and a film about making people making a film. So it's got all those sort of layers, and the comedy is really dry, really Scottish, and really funny, which I think is really good. Um, but yeah, like I said before, it's coming out on the 15th of September in Amazon Prime. So we're just sort of trying to create a little bit of hype about it. But like you said, Scott, we were both there for a bit of the behind the scenes. So what what is it you remember about um, helping David make the film? You were in the wrestling scene, right? Yeah, you know, helping is a, is a strong word. Yeah, <laughs> me uh, and a group of other guys from Eat Seat Soap Bites retweet a podcast that David's been involved in as well. Mm-hmm. All came you know, as wrestling fans, we all know Andy as well. Quacku, yeah. of ours, uh, the ring announcer in that scene. So it was a real, real felt like a real crossover affair between, you know, David's wrestling world and the film world. Yeah, it's so. definitely, I feel like that's, that is the, this film. Because obviously David has um, friends like Jack and that from a different podcast. They do a football podcast. And then obviously there's a wrestling podcast. And then there's the film podcast. And it all came together to sort of make this, this film. I, I one thing I find when I when I did when we went to the screening and when I had this year is that I cringe during the wrestling scene anytime it shows my face in the crowd, even though I'm not yeah. doing anything. I just I don't like it. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, what I remember about that day are a few things. One, I remember my brother Ross, who's who's got a speaking role in a different part of the film, mm-hmm. um, in this there. I remember him absolutely helping himself to. I got ungodly amount of sausage rolls at the food that had been left to it. I remember <laughs> I remember getting almost getting into an argument with another extra because he butted into our conversation. And I remember everyone getting into the ring between takes and Andy Mitchell against my own well body slamming me on a on a crash bed. <laughs> <laughs> so good memories of, of the wrestling shoot. Mm. But obviously that's towards the end of the film. But um let's rewind a little bit and just talk about 
the sort of plot obviously we're not we're not trying to get into spoilers but let's like talk about the origin story so David originally wanted to make this film about a mockumentary about a group of group of people trying to make a film about Andy Mitchell becoming a wrestler and obviously it was meant to be called Andy Mitchell becomes a wrestler or something of that and then did through many different reasons it we never got to finish the film so then David turned it into something else which is what it is in its final form that's coming out in Amazon Prime which is 10 reasons not to make a movie which is um, also a mockumentary but just in a different format than what it was meant to be originally but I still think that um, he's created something really funny and really random and it's just like one of the things where you never know what's going to happen in it and it's just like really weird so I just wanted to ask you what was your like thoughts going into it because obviously you knew a bit of background about it you knew what the film was meant to be about originally and how it changed so when you were watching it for the first time, did you know what to expect? Not really, no. I mean, I know David was very passionate about this project. And mm-hmm. so knowing him and knowing Andy, I knew bits and pieces about what happened. And you know, they would tell me little like stories, a lot of which gets told, you know, in the film. And oh. I, was, I was nervous going to the screen because I know how much work David and everyone else put into this film. So mm-hmm. I didn't know really what to expect. No, I, I was really happy that I found all of the scenes as funny as I did because it showed that, you know, your friends put a lot of effort and taste something in it and it paid off. But and also the, the mockumentary format, you know, uh, is one that's you know, it's been done a lot. So it, it was really interesting to see what they would do with it. But knowing that a lot of the stuff that they talk about is, in a, in a sense, real, but they do exaggerate a lot of it for comedic effect. It's just, I did, I tell this to David uh, on the other podcast, he and I did that I really admired how they managed to take things that were difficulties about the making of Andy Mitchell wants to be a wrestler and turn them to the best parts of 10 reasons not to make a movie. Yeah, and I, yeah, I definitely think it's like the camaraderie of all the people in it because obviously a lot of the people in it are just playing themselves but an exaggerated amount. So it's funny, I think. You, you love experiences in that because I know the people on the screen and I know what they're like in real life and then when you watch it you just think it must have been so hard not to laugh um <laughs> trying to portray this version of themselves and obviously the David in the film a sort of masochistic um angry director is so different to what David's like in real life um like he is a perfectionist, but not quite that level. So I think it's it's really interesting to see them play that role. But also I loved the format of the way, because at the beginning I thought that like it started off really strong, really funny. But then I thought for a bit it was just going to be the interviews, like of them sitting on the couch talking and like cutting between the different int- interviews, which was good. But I was like, oh, I kind of want to see a bit of the actual footage and then it goes into like the sort of the found footage part of it and then that I thought was really funny because it's like they're describing it and you're like oh it can't really have been that bad like the dingy gym and the tiny flat and then you see it and you're like that is so funny that it actually is that bad (laughs) and one thing we watch uh, people who have not seen it or don't know a lot about it when you watch it on Amazon Prime you really got to appreciate it and getting on that kind of platform because when you watch it I think David said it as, as well that it is very much the definition of an independent 
like made film because uh-huh. I think very little, if any, budget really into it. So considering from you know what they had to put in, what they had to put into it financially, the fact that they pulled it pulled it off and it looks as good as it does, you know. But you think I appreciate again, like, like, look, most of the people who are actors even then have very limited, by their own acting like experience, and yet. I think the fact that a lot of them know each other as well, that, that camaraderie, as you said, it really helps carry the performances. Yeah, like it was definitely, like as you see watching the credits, it was basically loads of people pitching in to help out where they could to make this film happen. And like it, it sort of is at the end, it was like it, the whole point was so Andy Mitchell could become a wrestler and have that dream fulfilled, but, but also behind the scenes, we were all working on it for David because we all loved David and we wanted to help him make a movie and, and to fulfil his dream of having something like this. And the fact that it's going on to Amazon Prime is just so cool and amazing because it's just such an achievement. And the film, even though it might not have ended up the way that David saw it in the beginning, it's still something to be really proud of and it's so funny. And um, I just think it's like a little time capsule of that time in uni and that time in all of our lives where um because obviously it, it we filmed it maybe four years we started filming it maybe four years ago and it's been such a passion project with David working on it like when he can throughout the years and to it finally coming to being put on a streaming platform is just such a um like proof of his all of his effort but let's talk a little bit more about the film so who's your favorite character in the film well i'm gonna i'm gonna put david aside for now because i do i do love his performance <laughs> yeah and i said to him when i spoke to him about it, uh, i know i mentioned that podcast i feel like uh, I, I talked to him about it and i said to him both in a compliment and an insult it's almost like you were born to play this part yeah because when he SSR, he, he sometimes plays this character on there called David the Goat Campbell or whatever. Yeah. And plays that character and this character are very similar. So it didn't seem like too much of a stretch to see David in this part. But watching it this back, I think Jack as Sticks, especially in those scenes from the from the animation film where he's playing Sticks and everything, and we say something and other people bounce off him, like call him an idiot or whatever. Those are some of my favorites. So I think Jack, I would say, might be one of my favorites. Yeah. See, I think that they're they're also some of them are so like what they're like in real life, and some of them are so different. But I love Kier's character, and because it is like at some point so different to what Kier is like, but also so similar. And I just love the casualness of like chilling on the couch and having no shoes on. That was the bit that really made me laugh: the fact that he's just cutting about in his socks. But um. Yeah, and I think Andy Andy Mitchell himself is a very endearing character because obviously, in the in the film and in the, the sort of mockumentary style, it is just all about him becoming a wrestler, and you do sort of feel bad that it's it's been he's been forced into doing all these other things, and all he wants to do is wrestle. Yeah, and you got to appreciate about Andy, and he because he went actually trained to be a wrestler, which helped yeah. start the whole process, and so. He did several months of training for some really well really experienced wrestlers uh, based in Scotland, and I talked to him about those experiences and everything. And so I joked to have him with David. I said, you know, people credit Tom Cruise for you know doing all these stunts, you know, climbing up buildings, jumping off hills, and everything. But 
Would Tom Cruise go and train to be a wrestler? I don't think so. <laughs> I know it's the it's the dedication to the role to go and do all that training. And also like some of the some of the stunts like in the actual wrestling match look quite sore. Like you do have to have some sort of level of training to go away and do that sort of stuff. It's a commitment. Yeah, definitely. And is like even running the ropes, people don't realise it's like real like steel like cables covered up with the ropes, so the ropes aren't as springy as people like think. Because just being around the ring when we were getting in, I was pulling on, I could feel very little give to those ropes. And Andy, well, like, showed people these foes, like, his back, just from running the ropes, these, like, big, like, bruises on his back. So, yeah. Andy put in a shift to, for this, and then, yeah, he's just, like, he's a really nice guy if you know him. And so, there's really some really endearing moments of him just being himself, especially, like, one of the scenes with him and Joe, like, towards the end where they're sitting on that bench talking about really wanting to get this film done. Uh, I think that's one of, one of Andy's like strongest scenes in my opinion. Yeah. Because obviously we see some of the bloopers and the outtakes of David trying to get them to like get them to get the, the right line. But there's a lot of pressure when the film was originally meant to just all be about Andy, especially if you've got no acting trainer or anything. But like you said, like at the end when he's doing the wrestling and then the part, the scene on the bench is like you see him fulfil that sort of self that he's working towards and obviously you like wrestling so from a wrestling point of view um as someone who's interested in wrestling do you think it it the bit the clips of sort of training and and at the end of at the match do you think that's sort of realistic of what it would be to become a wrestler even though it was like obviously all joking fun i, th- I think mm. Obviously, I think. Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> I think. I think. Obviously, if you're really trying to be a wrestler, I don't think you'd have the conditions that Andy was training, and also the boxing and everything, because like yeah. the canvas of a wrestling and a boxing ring are very different. If you try to like the what they call the back bumps, early doing wrestling on a boxing ring, you would seriously injure yourself. And they mentioned that in the film because they're built very differently. Yeah. So, so of course, then obviously we know and realize that Andy got actual training but I think the, the conditions he's in were are supposed to be like not ideal because that's part of the comedy of the film the situation that they're in so like that's, he's that's not just an amateur getting thrown about like he does actually have some training yeah because like a lot of schools like when you go to like wrestling trainers will say like they'll train you with a certain period of time and it's when the person training you thinks that you you're ready that they'll start talking to you about you know, arranging your first match and everything because we, we we know quite a few people through ASSA that we've met that have started or done at least a wee bit of training uh, to do wrestling. But when they actually do the match itself, like we saw them really wrestling and like putting it together, and you know the the moves themselves, they make it look as realistic as possible in the actual match itself. I think a lot of that is great to both Andy and to Stratko himself. You know, before then he hadn't wrestled in a long time. He had been a wrestler. And I think we had wrestlers there because we were inside an actual uh, promotion like training school doing yeah. the, the scene. So we had a lot of people in there who understood enough about wrestling who could help put the scene together for even someone who's watching it who's not really into wrestling, at least it makes the, the match itself look very realistic. Yeah, definitely. I think especially having like Quacko and stuff like that, it does make it look more put together than just turning up and getting in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, the cracker of several legit ring announcer, so yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I think it's just a funny thing about David that 
a lot of people are either friends of him or somebody else involved in the film. I, I joke with him, like, seemingly this film feels like if you met David at any point during this four or five year period, you ended up in this film somehow. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's such a, it's such a like, group effort. And like, like they also mentioned in the film, like David will just meet people and be like, oh my God, I'm making a film. Do you want to be in it? And then that's just that, like the credits you can see, it's just all the people that pitched in. They either knew through uni or through football or through wrestling or through work or anything like that. And we all just ended up helping out with, with this passion project that has actually come to fruition. But it is funny because like you say, if you knew David, you were in this film. <laughs> yeah. I heard that your your favorite character you you might have a favorite character in one of Nikki's parents is that true? <laughs> yeah, the scene where it cuts to to, to Nikki's parents in the film just that brief bit because they they just they keep saying about Nikki's character Stephen that he's a bit moody and he keeps finding fault like I hate this either like we can't like he doesn't want to do yoga when they want to more do yoga, yeah. but. And so it cuts to a brief out of his mum and dad. And, say, what is it like? and his dad just goes off on one. <laughs> you know, you are so like a kid. And I said this today, like, and this is the God's honest truth. And the screening, I'm towards the back of this, this little room that we're, we're screening in. Piss mm-hmm. myself laughing. And then, like, it's like two or three scenes later, and I'm covering my mouth because I'm giggling to myself about that same scene. It's, it's past, <laughs> but I'm still laughing about it. <laughs> I know it is a good one and it's just like it's I think you don't expect it because obviously everyone who's in it is obviously quite young and then you and then there's older people in it who are also like calling him moody and the bastard and all that and it's really funny because it's just like out of nowhere like, was that the dantic like argument between him and, and Kier's character is like it's 650 no it's 10 to 7 it's the same thing it's not the same <laughs> thing it's like an argument of a bloody Seinfeld episode yeah and it just uh, making them mundane very entertaining by just them arguing about the time. But it's just it's so funny. And I think it's like the little cameos like that and then that makes it feel like quite like it flows quite well. Because at the start, um, it was feeling a little bit static with just the sort of interviews on the couch. But then once they started introducing the clips and the music and all that sort of stuff it started to really pick up and um, I don't know if you experienced that too and I feel like the, the hour and a half really flew in what do you think? Yeah yeah I agree with you because it's, it was interesting when I first watched it, the screening and that the way it cuts between footage that they show and then these interviews and it's good that these interviews are giving you context but I was concerned at first that maybe it would get a bit confusing with the constant cutting back and, and forth Mm-hmm. But I really think, especially upon the second time watching, they handle it like really well, and I know they took a lot of time, you know, in terms of the editing process to yeah. to help it, help it flow. But I did, I, mean, I do remember in the first time I watched that that I'd sometimes forget about the interviews bit because there'd be a really long stretch of it being some of that footage, and then it suddenly would cut back to, oh yeah, I forgot what the were This isn't the actually Andy Mitchell film. This is a completely different film. Yeah, but it does help sort of establish that film inside a film scenario that you are like watching a film inside a film. Um, I mean, it's very, it is very meta in that sense, but you know, trust David Campbell to try to end up in his first ever making a movie within a movie about a movie or whatever you describe yeah, it. Definitely a very interesting concept. If you were to try and describe the film to someone, 
who had never heard or never seen it or never been part of it. And um, you, you couldn't give any spoilers, but they said, what's it about? What would you even say? Uh, I was I'll try my best to describe the concept without getting too much into uh, like any spoilers, but like, it's about it's people trying to tell you how a fictional movie it's a movie about people telling you how a film that they tried to shoot within the movie. Like I can't even exactly. You know, <laughs> like I just say it's a mockumentary about a failed movie. It's like the simplest way. Like it doesn't tell you again a lot, but it's the most I can describe it. Because I think you you do need to try and watch it, and if the concept of it becomes clear very early, and if you get can get on board with that concept, you'll enjoy the next hour and a half. I think. Yeah, and you just have to sort of uh, have your suspension of belief and commit to um, understanding that it's just it's very confusing, <laughs> like the film inside the film. But obviously, like we know how it started, so we have a better understanding. Of it, of it being a movie in a movie but Heather watching it for the first time was like confused about what was fake and what was real and I was like you just have to just suspend your belief and just believe what the film is telling you which is that David was this sort of egotistical director gone mad kind of thing which obviously we know David is not like that so um, but I think as a viewer going into it it's a really interesting concept but an hour and a half is a great length, and I think after like sort of fifteen minutes, you you understand the rhythm of it, which is good. Um, what was your favorite scene? Oh, I mean, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna take the wrestling scene off the table because, like, I didn't like seeing myself whenever it cut to the crowd. But yeah. I think it's the scene I most associate with because you know I was there to see it get put together. I was. Even in that montage later on, there's a scene of all of us in the ring, like extras, cast, okay. and everything. Everyone in the everyone in the ring together. And I remember that 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 photo. And then I find it weird to believe that 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 scene was shot in like 2019. Yes, but, so long. But I even said this to David. I think what's good, what will go down is maybe one of the most famous or one of the best remembered scenes of this film is probably the fuck off Phil Smith scene. Yeah. In Andy and the eleven takes it took to get that to get that done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one. I think it's like you said, it's like the bloopers. It's like knowing the behind the scenes build up. So like the fuck Bill Smith, and then also the I'm not fucking doing yoga, but like <laughs> knowing the build up to it, and Nikki being like, David texting Nikki in the middle of the night, being like, "Are you ready for this scene? You just have to be angry. You just have to be angry." obviously propelled the acting to be even more angry because it was just like I just want it fucking over and done with so I think that was really good but I also like the running one because I just remember the logistics of them getting in a car and following them running and like all the stairs and stuff that they got is so funny because there it's just like a random street in Glasgow and it's just everyone packed into a car with a camera pointing out of it but on screen I think it's the most um sort of dynamic bit is when you're following them running down the street and then that obviously leads into a really um like like you said like a really genuine moment between Andy and Joe on the bench so I think that's a good bit as well and it's like not funny but um it does sort of give you a better insight into what's going on yeah Uh, and to go back to the yoga scene as you said uh well, I liked about that one is yeah, like it's a lot about you know Nikki's character, like his reluctance uh, to do it, and 
the reason they're doing it is because Andy's certain still do the training because they've not got the proper facilities. You know, they're in a boxing ring. And yeah. like, I know they, they shot like pieces of camera for the Andy Mitchell like version because that's also a mockumentary. But you you only see like little bits of that to the film. Yeah. One of those is as soon as the scene's done, like they're doing this yoga and everything, and it cuts just to Andy the camera going, "She fucked my back worse than before." <laughs> yeah, and it's just like really realistic of the of the pains that everyone was going through at that time. But yeah, so I think that's a wrap on our review. I feel like if we kept, we could keep on talking for ages, but I worry, I would worry that we would give a spoiler. So I think we'll just do a wee wrap up. So fav- my favourite scene is the I'm not fucking doing yoga scene. <laughs> and but I do like the poignant moment with them on the bench. And my favourite character is definitely Kier's character because I think it's got the most room to play with it with the sort of American accent and the wear of no shoes and the like it's a very dynamic character. So that's my favourite. But like I said you can all catch the film on Amazon Prime, which is so exciting, from the 15th of September. Um, yeah, so, so why don't you give us your final thoughts, Scott, and then we'll say goodbye for the day. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think maybe Fuck Off Phil Smith is, is one of my favourite scenes. Uh, that And, yeah, maybe that one scene with Nikki's uh, mum and dad, or at least characters' mum and dad uh, within the film. And as beautiful as it is, but I still... How do I give it a giveaway? Because I'll, I'll give away the joke and I'll laugh through it. But And I think maybe my favourite character, maybe other than David Campbell and Sell, is probably Jack's performance as uh, as Sticks, particularly, you know, that's where he, people are giving him grief for, for being a bit of an idiot or when he talks about, like, counterclockwise toilets. And it's just, <laughs> like, you know, it's just an old lifestyle. Then it comes to him talking to him, like, I don't get why the old wives would, would make up something like that. Yeah. I love the bit where Andy comes back and he knocks on the door and Jack like jumps out. <laughs> that because <laughs> it's very um, typical of his character. And so, what? How would you? Would who? What kind of person would you recommend this film to? And what would you say to sell it to them? Oh, <laughs> you're asking me. Uh, I think anybody who's a fan of kind of a more drier like like sense of like comedy like you said or it's fans of like similar in the genre like you know the office and like the like this is spinal tab and please things like that they've done parks and right they've done the mockumentary format before yeah. i i know you know in terms of the mockumentary like piece of the camera it maybe isn't it maybe doesn't add anything new to that format the fact that it's a film within a film I think it's a really intriguing part of it. And I think that the idea of like a film of that film within a film like that kind of meta idea like might sound confusing. I would I would still be on as confusing as it might sound, it's really easy to get on board with. And I think I would try and sell them on the fact that, you know, this is an independent film and you will laugh to it and you will be able to see the passion that went into it. Yeah. It very much is a, a passion project. But also, it's it is like a little snapshot of of that time. Like everyone was so young, and it was so fun to be part of, and also fun to watch. And I think that really comes through on the screen is how much fun everyone was having making it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, that's 
it for today on FTV, just a short one to review um, David's film, 10 Reasons Not to Make a Movie, which is out on Amazon Prime on the 15th of September. So thanks so much for joining us, Scott. Thank you very much. Uh, I did joke about to David about how he really asked me to be on his show and I've had him on that show. And then I heard him ask me, or I felt like Loki in the second story, I'm like, you must be truly desperate to come to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to get all the promo in, and um, and it is it is a good film, so we need to try and promote it. And um, yeah, it was such a good watch. I, I enjoyed it so much, and it was definitely like I didn't know what to expect going into it, and it was definitely more interesting um on screen than it was it like because in my head I was like it's a film about a film about a film but on screen it really does work and um, you can see the hard work that everyone's put in so yeah tune in on the 15th of September on Amazon Prime and that's all from us today. Death is just a heartbeat away.